Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Comics Deserve Better podcast, where we talk about the world of indie comics. You may have heard a rumor that we talk about Big Two comics. <laughs> That's not true. Whatever you heard was a lie. All right, and with me, as always, <laughs> are Carrie. Hello. And Richard. Hey. Hey, hey. Okay, so, as always, quick question for you all to begin the episode. Um, I have my ticket to go see the uh, Super Mario movie tomorrow i'm very excited about that it looks really cool are there any 80s video game franchises that haven't really been developed into movies before like maybe a movie or two but not like anything like a franchise that you'd like to see become like a movie franchise video games yes mean for the 80s the real answer is legend of zelda yeah that's that's the uh... the easy answer (laughs) But uh, I, I grew up frustratingly trying to play the original Metal Gear and mm-hmm. being too young to understand how to play it and like get anywhere. So I'd love to see a Metal Gear game where you're just being chased by dogs constantly. Nice. <laughs> and where you feel asleep. You feel asleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, well, my my video game is sort of related to the movie that I love from the 80s, Commando. Yeah. I grew up playing Commando. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. And I fucking, Commando was the very first rated R film I ever saw. My dad let me watch it. And I swear to God, I just, I love that fucking and, movie so much. It's such a feel good. It's an all-time classic. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And the, the I guess it would have to change the name of the, the movie then, because the, the game has the same name as the movie, and they have nothing to do with each other. But they're both, they're both fun. Well, I yeah. mean, it's like. Yeah, I, I'm tangentially, I guess, yeah. like related. I'm not saying it's the exact same no, but, thing, but, but yeah, still, I mean, yeah, and and we have that on the arcade as well. And that's oh a yeah, fun, I know. Fun game to play. Yeah, it was so, so fucking yeah. fun. Um, I think what my answer it was about a, a, as much of a basic bitch answer as Legend of Zelda was going to be Metroid. I would think would be a, an awesome like series or movies, but um, for fun, I'm going to say Ice Climber. I mean, I'm like, be cute. Yeah. <laughs> having having that Nana, would be cute. Nana and Popo trying to get up a mountain and get attacked by polar bears wearing shades and, and swim trunks. Hell yeah. Or no, it could be like a fucking horror movie. Oh, that would be kind of cool like, too. It's like, it's, they're trying to survive and it's like cocaine bear, but polar bear cocaine bear. And then there's a pterodactyl <laughs> at the end for some unexplained there's reason. There's what? There's a pterodactyl at the end for an yes. unexplained reason. That would actually yeah. be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, actually, um, yeah. and they, they have to stay tethered to each other the entire time while they're trying to survive. Yeah, that yeah would be exactly. And like they don't, they don't want to, oh. and they're trying to like kill each other. Uh, yeah. Oh, like or like, like they're having. A, uh, they used to be married, and now they're uh, <laughs> having like marital dysfunction. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. oh, I love it. But then they got to work together because one of them fucked behind the other one's back. Someone then is someone's popo. And they're which is which was very rude because they were still tethered together the whole time. So <laughs> the person had to be in the room. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, excellent beginning as always. Right, so I was gonna say, Brian, you're right. Um, since we never get new Metroid games, why don't they just focus on making like a Metroid movie franchise, and I'll be our Metroid fix each year. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. I mean, and like it, it has enough lore. It has enough fun. I mean, like I think like Samus is one of those. Like it's like Link, where it's like a combination of a very, you know, like you know, charismatic character, but at the same time, enough of a blank slate where you can really just do anything with the character, mm-hmm. and, it, and it'd be fine. You know, like Samus and Link 
speak about the same amount of times as right. each other, except for except for that one zero. I forget which the other M Metroid game where it was like uh, never touched it. Yeah, it, that one that one was kind of questionable. But you guys that. say like movies don't exist. You obviously haven't ever seen the porns on Pornhub, oh. the poor <laughs> CGI versions of Samus oh. getting railed. Oh no! Or Lincoln I have not seen that. Oh, they're <laughs> hilarious. They're horribly made. I, they're funny. I, 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 I may do that later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, as always, get an intro to the uh, to the episode. So we'll go ahead and get into it. We have a pretty packed episode, so we better get started. Uh, I okay. We have a. I have three DIY. Let me intro this. Okay. Okay. So Brian wants to do DIY corner. Great. He talks a lot. We all know this. If you're listening, you guys understand this. So there's three different DIYs that all hit that we want, like Kickstarters that we want to mention. But the challenge is Brian gets exactly one minute per DIY corner to talk about it. Yep. And I'm going to set my timer because this shit actually needs to happen. Okay. Um, my plan is to read the, just the descriptions of each one of these. And these yeah. are all recommendations. And to all- ensure that Brian hits his time, Carrie is putting him in a French style guillotine, <laughs> and after a minute, <laughs> bye. Okay, we're 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 high stakes here over at uh, If you hear a shunk, that's... oh god. Okay, uh, you're gonna get th- three minutes are going on the clock. Okay. Okay, ready? Yes. Three, two, one. DIY. Okay, A Flag to Fly, number 106, is a 22-page comedic grand fantasy tale of family leadership and the hard road to becoming a person you can believe in. On the Isle of Solomon, the land is in need of a savior in these feudal times. The Crimson Keep, the Crimson King in this Crimson Keep with his Crimson Guard has slowly started to run amok on the people after years of fierce battle and loss. Now his Knight Commander, Bach, has reached the breaking point in carrying out the King's Bizarre Orders. Now Bach rides to Tittlesdale or Tittlestead in hopes of of their long friend, Leong Ren, uh, joining their cause as the commander in the coming war to protect the people when everything goes medieval in a flag to fly number one, Flags of Our Fathers. And it's from the Solomon Islands in the U.S., which is kind of cool that's coming from a place that's uh, different than most pla- you know places things are created. So, yeah, it looks really cool. cool. Um, okay, All right, next- so Brian's making good time. The executioner hasn't yes. even put on his hood yet. Nope, Let's not go, yet. Brian. Oh, okay. Go. All right. Um, all right, next one is... Um, is oh my god won't back down anthology by Tina <laughs> oh my god the executioner is throwing on his hood it's a it's an anthology by Trina Robbins plus 30 other creators. Uh, the project is in 1973, the Supreme Court gave women the right to make decisions over the care of their own bodies. A, a mere 50 years later, a rogue Supreme Court has taken the right away. Today, over 32 states have banned or severely restricted abortion. We're fighting back as best as we can with pens and brushes, paper and ink to produce a pro-choice anthology, Won't Back Down, featuring the work of over 30 artists, writers, inkers, and colorists, and we're giving the profits to Planned Parenthood. We need $8,500 to pay for printing and related costs. With Won't Back Down, Trina Robbins has created an important anthology that celebrates women who fight for justice. This is an essential crowdfunding project for anyone interested in women's rights free speech or simply great comics and i'm gonna make a caveat right there saying that it's anybody with the vagina yes that that matters okay go okay all right 
that's I was gonna say the book's too far fetched. This would never happen in reality. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, yeah, they'll never take the rights away like that. Oh lord. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. The next um next is uh bunkhead mishap. Excuse me, bunk bed mishaps, a book of cartoons by Mark Russell. And the story is uh you probably know me, not me, but Mark Russell. He's talking here. <laughs> you probably know if you if you know me at all from my comic books. Uh, for those who don't know me, I'm an Eisner, Glad, and Ringo Award-winning comic book writer known for titles like The Flintstones, Not, Not All Robots, Second Coming, and Superman Space Age, among many others. But in addition to being a professional comic book writer, I am also an amateur cartoonist, and I've drawn cartoons pretty much all my life. But for the first time, I'm publishing many of the ones I'm pr- most proud of in a book. Bunk Bed Mishaps collects nearly 100 cartoons drawn over the course of three decades, as well as several mini essays in which I open up about my life and what was going on on with me while I was drawing them. It's, it is as close to a memoir as I've ever written, though, though most of what it captures is the darker, or sorry, the danker recesses of my mind, which give birth to these cartoons. I'd be lying if I said that I understand them or why I drew them, but it meant a lot to me. It meant a lot for me to do so, and even more now to share them with the world. And then he has some examples here, and they are very crazy, like non sequitur cartoons. The uh, proposed cover has a cat suffocating a man with a pillow. <laughs> I kind of dig it. Yes, it's like we were going through the images. It's really funny. Yeah, it has some really mm. strange things that makes like Far Side almost seem like, uh, you know, like non. Same. Yeah, like like a, like a normal comic. Okay, so for those of you that were following along, uh. If we would have had an executioner, Brian's head would have been lobbed off. Oh, no. But <gasps> I will say this. What's the executioner um, doing? <laughs> Richard, and, Richard and I were talking, so we ate up some of your time. Okay. So, uh, he should have adjusted. I, I wanted decapitation. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. All right. Okay. Rules are rules, Brian. I don't think. <laughs> just, I'm sorry. Told you. you. You tried your best. Yeah, good job. So, yeah. just so everyone's aware, a flag to fly, um, and Bunkhead mishaps are both on Kickstarter, which whereas Wolf Back Down Anthology is on Zoop. If you mm-hmm. want to give them a look, Bunkhead mishaps is actually uh, funded already. So, if you could, you can get in if you just want to get an early uh, pre-order on a copy. But a flag to fly, but and both uh, that and the Wolf Back Down Anthology need some funding so maybe want to you know spend spend your shekels that way first yeah. yeah and we definitely will have a more thorough in-depth um diy corner featured on our instagram at cbd pod so that way you guys can get all the info at that time yeah it should go up on friday that's <laughs> carrie's copy sorry <laughs> no worries all right so um with that being done and said uh, and all, all the links will be on our uh, show notes as always as well as on instagram okay all right, uh, Richard, uh, let's go ahead and go into our spotlights, and I'll let you go first. Oh, my, that's me. Ready? <laughs> this week, I'm looking at uh, Flawed Number 1. It's uh, by our, our buddy Chuck Brown of uh, Bitterroot fame. Art is by Prenzy and uh, lettering by Becca, Becca Carey. Um, basically, uh, the book opens up. You're seeing this uh, city, and city life is hard. So we meet this woman named Angie, and she's seeing her uh, therapist uh, named Jem. And uh, so what we find out is that uh, Angie's daughter was killed and the, the murderer is still out there. And I guess this person is someone on a killing spree because they've nicknamed the, him the Skimwalker. You know, Angie's pouring out her soul. Jem's the only thing is that, like, you know, since the murderer is still out there, maybe don't watch the news. But, you know, we're always here for you. 
and her and her assistant V basically see Angie on her way. But what we find out is that Jem has like a little secret room with like all the guns and weapons, and like she's a secret vigilante. So she finds out like her and V have pinpointed who this uh the the skinwalker probably is, and he's actually a person who's like super protected by the police and the the grander like government and society. So she just kind of goes to his uh, hideout and goes on a killing spree. She takes everybody out except okay. for one dude who she calls her little birdie because he's going to snitch. And she shoots uh, the the guy in the head, the, skin, the skinwalker guy, like shoots him in the head point blank, except he ain't dead. So she continues to shoot him and um, eventually decides to uh, flay him. But what we see is another scene and it's like, you know, some high-end person who needs the skinwalker's blood like apparently something about his blood like saves this dude this guy's like in a bunch of has a bunch of uh transfusion like wires like pumping blood into his body so we don't know what the whole skinny is and Jem kind of keeps her little birdie guy to find out but what we find is that she actually skinned the skinwalker and left his body on display outside of his little hideout when the police find him he's completely just skin just muscle and sinew but he is somehow still alive. <laughs> and that's the end of the first issue. So I don't know where this is going or how high up it goes, but it looks like it's going to be gross. And I kind of dig it. Nice. Yeah. It, it, um, I, I read this uh, back when it came out and this was one of those books where um, I, I bought the first issue and then I was like, Oh, okay. You know, I'm going to uh, wait for it to come out and trade. Cause I'm waiting for like basically every book to come out and trade right now. But then I was very tempted just to keep on reading this one. Cause like that first issue is very compelling and a lot of fun. And in like, it's drawn well, it's, it's, it's very well paced and there's definitely some cliffhangers there. And I wonder what the hell's going on. Like, why is this person still alive? And why is he so important to this, uh, this corporation or this guy? So yeah looks pretty cool and also the backstory of our main character i'm very interested in why yeah she's the way she is because <laughs> she is definitely like an avenging angel and that's what yeah, yeah. And, but like and she killed those dudes brutally like she's yeah. good with the handguns but like she's good with the hands as well like she can like fuck you up <laughs> mm-hmm. definitely so, yeah very cool very cool all right well um my spotlight little bit of a gear change uh it is uh bay wolf by zach wienersmith and and boulet um from uh first second comics um so beowulf is an all ages uh recount of the epic poem beowulf and um it reimagines basically the the characters of Beowulf um, as children, including um, our titular character, Beowulf, uh, B-E-A space W-O-L-F is her name. Mm-hmm. And uh, and um, this is basically exact same story. Uh, very, very good adaptation of, of the epic poem. Gets into all the histories and everything that the original poem got into. Uh, basically, the like the first third of the comic is just like, how um the king who's currently the king uh came into power and like who who basically were the the you know his ancestors and everything like that um and so it, it dives into that essentially it's the story of these children who um are basically uh kind of buck off society and decide to be like 
kids all the time and like have like basically a kingdom of children where like you know like candy and toys and like just having fun is what what's important and um what happens in the story is um they're they have a treehouse um the treehouse is is over the property of this man uh, named Mr. Grindle. Yes, like as in Grendel, the uh, the monster, and um, and so he's very annoyed that these kids are just out having fun and playing around. So he decides to uh, take matters in his own hand and invade the tree fort, um, and take care of these children. What makes this comic great and very imaginative is that obviously an all ages retelling of Beowulf doesn't sound like something that's possible because if you've ever read the actual or seen any kind of adaptation of Beowulf, there's a lot of murder. <laughs> there's a lot of killing in, <laughs> in this story. And especially if it's going to be, and Grindel does a lot of the killing and so does Grindel's mother. So obviously you don't want to see a bunch of kids get killed. Oh, yeah. And like, especially if it's an all ages book. You don't know. I don't want that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what, what what the um what what Zach Wienersmith has done like to you know to make this an all ages story is instead of Grendel killing people with his hands whenever he touches a kid they either turn into a teenager or an adult so essentially oh. ki- killing their childhood you know but not like killing them like no not no murder involved and so so that so basically it takes them off the table you know because this is like a this is a child children ran like kingdom so they're no longer part of the kingdom but they're not dead which is nice (laughs) and um and so um just like in the the poem uh beowulf or is um is like kind of the hero of another nearby kingdom here's that um this kingdom is having issues with uh, a monster comes by and basically says i'll save the monster for you because this is what i do and so she she goes head to head with 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 Grindel, and uh, takes care of business. And what's also very interesting is this story ends after Grindel is vanquished. And once again, if you've ever read the poem, you know there's that's only a third of the story. Um, I'm hoping there's a sequel because there's no there's no fight with Grindel's mother. Um, and there's no there's no fight with the dragon as when Beowulf is is older and like, and I can kind of see why they have to do the dragon part because if you do the dragon part, mm-hmm. I don't I I can see the whole turning into adult thing, but in the actual original epic poem, Beowulf is already old and he fights the dragon and he kills the dragon, but the dragon basically kills him at the same time. So I don't know how they're gonna they would be able to translate that into a children's book. So at least, but I would like I like to at least see the Grindel's mother fight. That'd be kind of cool. So, um, but this book itself, basically every page is a panel. Um, so you get a lot of cool black and white, like full page drawings, um, in in this, and like all the kids are adorable. There's like you know Beowulf herself, um, has like a little shirt on that says Wolf. Like the, you know, has a little wolf head on it, and then on her head, like her helm, is a teddy bear head that she wears as as basically her uh, her armor. So it's 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 pretty adorable and cute and fun, and you know, a good way to tell us like a, a an epic story like to a younger audience as well. Yeah. So, oh, for sure. Pretty cool. 
yeah so um i know i know we're an audio medium but i want to show richard this just this this one page real quick yeah it's, it's oh yeah no, no, i was looking at it yeah. uh in the preview yeah it's it's pretty cool i love it um definitely recommend so all right we're moving along then, right? We're just fucking yeah. trucking. I love it. That's us. We're, we're like lightning. All right. You okay. guys, I have an elderly father to feed. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason. Sorry. Okay. Well, we're going to go. I think we're going to spend a little bit of time on our main course as well. Yes. So um, our main course, I'll go ahead and introduce it, but this is Richard's choice. So I'll go ahead and give it, give him the uh, the helm once I am done introducing this. It is a Deadly Class, Volume 1, Reagan Youth, by Rick Remender, Wes Craig, Lee Luffridge, and Russ Wooten from Image Comics. R Richard, go ahead when you're ready. I'm not ready yet. Oh. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> it, it, just so you know, the uh, that was about an hour wait until Richard said something. <laughs> we've, edited, we've edited it down. No. We edited it down for time? We're that uh, patient. We're that patient here. We're... <laughs> Okay, so yeah, no, Deadly Class. Um, I was actually inspired to pick this up or you know, try this out for a spotlight because we uh, one of or for a main course because one of my spotlights a few weeks back, uh, uh, Kaya by Wes Craig was just really fun and like I really like Wes Craig now and I already like Rick Remender, so it's definitely long since past time to step into Deadly Class. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know anything about this book before really diving in. I just knew <laughs> that it was about a school. So this thing goes from zero to 100 fairly quickly. Multiple times. Um, yeah. <laughs> we meet our main character, Marcus. Uh, Marcus is homeless. Marcus is homeless for, for a wild reason. Basically, he was out at a park with his family. Oh, first and foremost, his parent, his family, he and his family are from Nicaragua. Basically, his um, his father was able to claim like political asylum because he helped uh, Reagan and the United States government out. Like I think with like the Contras or something back in the day. This you know, like, takes place in, in yeah, this, it's, yeah, it takes place in eighty seven. Yeah, and so they they got relocated to San Francisco, and like you know, relatively normal childhood once they get to the states. Um, one day, they're out at like a park having a nice day. He's holding a balloon with his parents. And someone who's committing suicide dives off um, what I'm assuming is the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. And happens to land on his parents. Like they're on like a cruise liner going underneath the bridge and crushes his parents to death in front of him. <laughs> it's pretty traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. And And she was... But out on the street because Reagan also cut the uh the mental health um, right bills and stuff so yeah so basically usually she'd be in a home where she can get help and uh Reagan basically cut the funding to those services so that's how she ended up out in the street and like losing her mind and we just kind of see uh Marcus's trials and tribulations of being home homeless we even see him flirt with suicide once um and basically, he is at a, or he's not even at, he's just passing through a Dia, Dia de los Muertos uh, festival on November 1st, where a bunch of seemingly police are after him. And while he's being chased by the cops, he is uh, helped by just random people, or what he assumes are random people, culminating into him meeting this woman who, on a motorcycle who tell him to get on. And we find out later on her name's Saya. 
she's like a Asian American young lady who, you know, she's drawn to be very hot, and you could tell very quickly that like Marcus is very smitten with her. She's also <laughs> a badass. She takes out um, a few cops uh, physically, and she actually <laughs> causes one of them. She basically jumps through the windshield, takes out a cop. Then when the other cop tries to accost her, she uh, basically shows him that he's about to run into a power line and she's able to leap out the car before the crash. She oh, yeah. seems to be very badass. Mm-hmm. She's making and, lots of basements flood, if you know what I mean. She's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's a real oh, cool bitch. Yeah. And um, basically, uh, Marcus actually, he gets away on the motorcycle for a little minute, but then he gets stopped by a cop um and who has him dead to rights and he's like all right i surrender because marcus is kind of perplexed like up until this point we have no uh inkling that anyone's after him so he seems just as perplexed as us the reader and what's going on when uh saya comes out and she uh chops down that cop with a, a samurai sword and saves his life at which point someone throws a uh black bag over his head and they take him to their lair and what we find out is Marcus is being recruited for this uh, school where they, tra- they train assassins. And all these people are his, what would be his assassin classmates. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone here, this is one of those strange books where everyone's drawn a bit older, but everyone here is like a teenager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. 100%. But uh, basically at first, Marcus is into it. You know, some people think he's soft for not jumping at the opportunity. And then basically, uh, Sai is like, hey, I put my neck on the line, like, for you, like, and like, what are you going to do? Go back to be homeless? So finally, he's accept he accepts it. And they're like, all right, well, hopefully you survive. And the name of the school is King Dominion School for the uh, Deadly Arts. <laughs> so that's like the setup for our story. Um, I think anything else, we're uh, diving into a uh, spoiler territory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So just... First and foremost, how'd you guys like it thus far? Um, well, um, I read the whole series, and um, and I, I made the joke when um, when when you said that you're going to do this book, that when I first read this book, um, I I started late and I read the first like thirty issues within like a weekend, if not even like maybe a day, and so I'm like reading just like six issues. It's gonna give me like comic blue balls essentially because I'm so used to like just like, getting everything. And um, I gotta tell you, like, uh, because I read so much at, at one time, I didn't, I wasn't sure what was in the first volume or next volumes. Man, there's things that I think make Deadly Class into Deadly Class, like like into what I really enjoy after this volume. Like this volume is okay. It's like it's good. It's a it's a decent start. But I think there's a few moments that are going to happen either the next volume or the volume after that is going to make this book into what it is. <laughs> like and which is a a very good read. So, um, it's it you know I, so yes, quick answer yes I do talk a lot, is yes, <laughs> I did I I did enjoy it, but um, Carrie might have a a different so- opinion. At this point, um, I think due to the graphic violence, I'm having a hard time with it. It's it's really well drawn. Um, it's just there's a lot going on that for me personally, it's not something I would choose in a book. 
but the story's compelling as fuck. Like, mm-hmm. it's really interesting. Um, I just wish some of the scenes weren't as graphic as they a are. Little, a, a little bit less murder? Yeah. And a little bit less, well, I think. Or less gory murder? Less gory murder, less drug use, <laughs> less. Um, and I'm not saying I, I didn't like Rails of Coke when I was younger. <laughs> I mean, you know, like whatever, or popping Adderall. But I mean, like, it's. It, it's a especially because of the age they're supposed to be it mm. was a little hard for me to read it i was like oh god you know so it's it's a very good story and i enjoyed it honestly if this were a novel i'd fucking be all over it okay mm. it's the visual component that's really hard for me it's kind of like battle royale it's exact i was that's exactly yeah. what I was thinking of. It's like Battle Royale. Battle Royale and the novelization of it, because it was originally a book. I can read that shit like in four hours. But it because reading graphic things doesn't bother me as much as seeing them. It's why I have a hard time with movies and stuff. So yeah, mm. it's it's a very, very compelling story though. And I know we're gonna yeah. get spoilers. Yeah, definitely. I mean so one of the first things is that uh when it like picks up is that this school has like it's very click oriented and like not only click oriented but like i guess also it's a side of the 80s but it's very uh you know like striation by uh culture so it's like yes. oh the mexicans go here the uh, asian click goes here the 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 rich yuppie white kids are here but then the red dick kids are over here and then the black street kids are over there that's how it's kind of set up. Mm-hmm. And so Marcus is trying to figure out where he fits in because he's just like, I'm from a group home after my parents died and yeah. I was homeless after that and I don't really have any friends. So and, and, and simultaneously everyone... wishing he... Oh, sorry. What happened, Brian? Oh, I was just going to say, and, and no, everyone, no, <laughs> oh, every, everyone is um, our, our basic like, legacy um, like people too. Like They come from families of like assassins or murderers and right right oh stuff. the majority of the students are some sort of legacy whereas he's literally a guy off the street okay so he's simultaneously wishing like in his heart of hearts he wishes he fit in but he's also actively trying to not fit in <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh he goes to nice uh fun instructional classes like assassin psychology beheading <laughs> poison and then I think he gets uh something he does gets him put he goes to hand to hand combat but he also gets part put into an uh, advanced uh, placement class after he sticks up for one of his student uh like uh, students in the uh, showers I guess someone finds out about it and he gets mm-hmm. put in AP Black Arts which on the first day of the class they send him to do an assassination they're like go find like a homeless person or a vagrant that like deserves to be murdered and murder them mm-hmm. and you do it in pairs. <laughs> So he gets paired up, or or actually, it's interesting. He's looking to pair up, and no one seems to be interested. So um, one of the kids from the uh, the black clique, he's like, "I'll pair up with you," because he's he's just like, "If I fail this class, like I'm screwed." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and Marcus kind of has a reputation um, because uh, you find out uh, kind of nuance. No, so- 
Are we are we in spoilers? We are in spoilers, but let let's oh, yeah. continue. Oh, sorry, go go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, Brian. Oh, I was because yeah, okay. he does have a rep, but yeah, yeah, because everyone um, seems to know why he has a rep, even Marcus, but we don't know exactly yeah. why yeah. he has a rep there, as the reader. So, so I'll I'll put it in, in the terms from the first volume. Um, there was some kind of thing that happened at the group home that he was at that uh, we don't know exactly what happened yet. So that's all. Okay. I mean, it, it seems like fire. he accidentally bloated, blew it up because yeah. there is a uh, uh, one scene of back at the group home where he's tinkering with something in his bedroom. <laughs> yes. And it <laughs> looks like some sort of incendiary something or other. Yeah. And then you meet someone from the group home who has like bad burns on his face. Oh. So. Yeah. Yeah. And he is specifically trying to hunt down Marcus. Mm-hmm. He's a kind of his own his own version of an assassin essentially after the assassin <laughs> so yeah mm-hmm. he, he goes away pretty so, fast by the way <laughs> just like letting you know <laughs> like that story so yeah they go out to do the uh the assassination mm-hmm. and uh basically it it it, it was it's it's a fun um tool like uh the, the use of like the internal dialogue because Marcus is kind of a dick, but like you can see his internal dialogue where he's really wishing that like he wants to be accepted. Like he's like, oh shit, like this is kind of nice to kind of have a friend, even though me and this guy aren't really friends, but like it's nice to just not be alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I do think we've all been there in some capacity. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they almost killed or or uh, he almost gets killed jumping over uh Basically, they're, they're jumping from building to building, which always seems insane anytime I see it in fiction. I've never seen it in real life, and no one should do that because yeah. it's insane. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, why Why would you jump from one <laughs> building to the, to the other? The stakes are too goddamn high. Mm-hmm. You don't even see, like, hardcore, like, parkour people doing that either. You do see parkour people but, doing but that, not, but it's like a, yeah. it's like a, like, residential homes, not like not, skyscrapers or some yeah. shit. That are that are one city mm-hmm. street apart from each other, you know, like yeah. <laughs> it's, but um, I was just gonna say really quick. Um, I think what I what I find interesting about this book is that you get like your normal like high school drama and your teenage drama in these stories yeah. and like because you got the clicks you know you got it, like in any other setting this is like your mundane like teenage like high school story that you've read about a billion times or seen about a billion times in a movie or something but then you put the whole nuance that oh these all these kids you know like you know are not are all becoming killers so there's a little there's definitely something more sinister in why they're there and what they are and who they are and everything. So like, you know, like it's one thing to have like bullies, you know, and the bull bully. And that's, that's very bad. But when it's like a bully, who's also like, you know, learning how to become a KGB agent, you know, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that kind of puts everything up, uh, ramps everything up a little bit. So yeah. Um, oh, one thing we didn't mention is that there is a strict rule of not killing other students. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, and so it is interesting because there's a tension because you're learning all the skills, but also don't use them. And they have the like internal conflicts that, you know, children have. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, You're not going to like everybody at school. The headmaster is a very enigmatic character, and you you get the vibe that he's that he has his own plans and machinations, and like he's doing things in a specific way to like really benefit him or benefit the the school or the organization. But at the same, but right now you don't know what it is and what he's doing. But like, but yeah, like um, this is one of those stories where there's no. There's no good guy in this story. There's no he, he, our 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 main protagonist is is not a hero. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. he's he's not he he's somebody that if like you know, like you shouldn't idolize that some people may idolize like the people who think Tyler Durden Fight Club is someone to emulate or someone who thinks um that uh Christian Bale's character in American Psycho is the way to be or something you know like yeah 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 He's he is not... the way to be <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah um, we didn't Richard are you going to continue talking about the plot line because we didn't talk about the big fuck up at the end of volume 1 Oh yeah, you want to get into oh, yeah, yeah. at the end end of the book? At at the end of volume one where um where the guy looks like he's gonna kill Marcus. Yep. We'll get yeah, like so they go on a, a yeah. trip to Las Vegas. Well yeah. Yeah. So basically um what ends up happening is that Marcus and uh Willie he go they go back to his old uh homeless like stomping ground. And to try to find a, the right va- vagabond, and they find like an old friend of Marcus named Rory, and Rory's like, you know, he asks Rory like anybody that you know that's done like some really fucked up shit or whatever, and he points him to uh, another homeless dude. Uh, frick, what was his name? Oh, I don't remember. Uh, but uh, his name escapes me for for the moment. But uh. Yeah, they they go out there and like apparently he's done some real effed up stuff. So they go to try to kill him. But when he goes to his tent, oh, that's right, his name's Daniel. That's such a normal name. How did I forget <laughs> that? <laughs> but yeah, they go to go to Daniel's tent, and basically it's a homeless man that that uh, Marcus has had a run in with before, and both he and Willie both freeze. And what we find out is Willie's rep as a killer is kind of BS. Um, mm-hmm. and like he's mm-hmm. even more terrified than Marcus is so basically they go back to Rory's camp and they're just hanging out with Rory and more Rory kind of lets slip like some of the atrocities that were committed while he was in Vietnam and Marcus thinking about how rough his life is and he doesn't want to come back to the streets um, he basically caves Rory's head in and he's like well at least we did the murder for, for school purposes mm-hmm but uh, school deems that, like, no, you fucked up. You failed because, like, we have no evidence that that gentleman was corrupt. And they basically throw him in the hole. <laughs> mm-hmm. He gets a solitary confinement for a week. But Saya breaks him out. Mm-hmm. And they basically, they're like, we got fake IDs. And we're going to take a road trip to, to Vegas. Because one of the uh, other kids, his dad is there. And his dad is like, you know he's basically like he's mixed up in every form of fashion of crime and Mm -hmm. he was a bad dad so he's just basically like you're gonna kill my dad for me because like 
you're a killer. Like we, we all know that you have bodies now. You're down for it. And like, we're breaking you out. So you're going to kill my dad for me. And what we get then is a drug fueled adventure. We get to meet some of the other characters more. We see that uh, Marcus is very smitten with uh, Saya, but there's another girl, Maria, that's very smitten with Marcus. Uh-huh. And she is, she's like aggressive, but like in the best way. And Marcus <laughs> is like, at first it seems like he's not like in on the cues, but he is in on the cues, but he's just kind of like focused at the task of hand, which is a uh, Saya who won't give him the time of day. <laughs> and they go to like a... <laughs> A Grateful Dead concert, not for the music. So I was like, we could score great drugs there. And she's like, cool, give me your money. I'll go buy you drugs. And then she's and Marcus and Willie are like, nah, we got this. And she's like, well, don't get bullshit drugs because, like, this is all your money. So long story short, the drugs that they get are crap. They get crappy acid. So somebody else comes around and they're like, F you, hippie. And the guy's like, no, this is real acid. And I'll let you guys sample one. How about you sample it? I'll come back around. Marcus wanted to be a big shot. He's like, you're a hippie and your drugs are going to be full of shit. So after everyone takes a tab, he takes like the four remaining tabs. Mm-hmm. And hey, man, a drug binge cannot be drawn so prettier than this. Like, it's so yeah. colorful mm-hmm. and like it's it's equally compelling. And also you can totally see how it's terrifying in Marcus's eyes. Mm-hmm. Um and what we find out is Maria's boyfriend, who also goes to the school, he's been following them. And now that he feels that Maria is going to cheat on him, he's going to, like, kill everybody. Her, Well, not everybody. Her and, I guess, Marcus that she's going to cheat on. So Marcus is super high. And he and uh, his homeboy, they got the room next door to the guy, uh, guy's dad that they need to kill. So Marcus is, like, still completely fucked up. And his homie tries to go kill his pop. But couldn't get the job done so marcus tripping on balls basically Mm -hmm. picks up a lamppost and bashes the dad's head in like uh carrie said earlier there's very graphic violence (laughs) in this movie um marcus is trying to play and keep a low profile they go down to the casino to find the rest of their team the rest of their friends and then he plays a slot machine the slot is the jackpot which basically is not a (laughs) you know indicative of keeping a low profile so Uh the security pulls up they find out he has a fake id it's a mess he's scared that they're gonna see all the blood on him but basically the guy (laughs) just extorts him for his uh his money and sends him on his way at which point Maria's finally de- comes by and she's down. She's a, uh, as the kids say, DTF. <laughs> <laughs> and things start happening when her uh, her her boyfriend busted and just starts shooting at both of them. He beats the shit out of Maria. Marcus, mm-hmm. she tells Marcus to run. Marcus jumps out of a six story window, lands on a palm tree, and makes his way down. They kind of fight him off. At which point, there is a knockdown drag out in a convenience store. Um, the police come, and this dude murders all the cops mm-hmm. <laughs> in the convenience store. Mm-hmm. So basically, this all Marcus tries to get away. They're in the alley. It's going down. The guy gives, or you know, B- BS is like he's gonna like have a duel, so he's like tells Marcus like here's a gun. He likes like lets him to crawl to it, but he beats the shit out of him. So now finally the cavalry arrives. Uh, Buddy stabs uh, the white dude, and then his uh, Maria like flips out on him. He punches Maria like 
there, there is some brutal violence in this character. Yeah. Right? It, it's, yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed the book, but like, it is graphic. Like, shout out to Wes Craig for the, you know, how good of a job that he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, it, it's, it's a lot. So Maria has like assassin fans, and she ends up cutting her, uh, splitting her, uh, her dude's throat with it. At which point, like he's bleeding out, he's gonna die. Everyone's like fucked in a mess. Then uh, Marcus's old compatriot from the group home that's all burned up and scarred, he shows up with a shotgun, and you think obviously it's about to go down. He's gonna kill Marcus, and what he does actually is that he takes the body away. And he's like, like, I'll handle this for you. But like, it, it's kind of like more psychological warfare. He's just kind of letting Marcus know that like, I'm here and I'm watching you. Um, also, we kind of skipped over it. He fucks a goat earlier in this. It's very, very <laughs> gross. Yeah. yeah. But not as graphic as some of the other things. So at least there's that. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So then they're on their drive back home from this really fucked up weekend. And as fucked up as everything is, Marcus kind of feels weird because, like, it's so fucked up, everything that they just went through, all the murder. But, like, he's finally found some sort of sense of, like, family, community, and friendship. So he doesn't know Uh what to do with those emotions. (laughs) Another fun part is that he's in the backseat and Maria's cozying up to him. And he's kind of getting a little bit more receptive because he was finally about to get laid. Mm -hmm. And we see Saya watching him. And she's always super distant, so it's interesting because you get a scene of her being like, she sees that, and then she kind of looks at it longing, but even when he was trying to give her attention, she wasn't interested. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot more there with that, but that's kind of how we end things in the uh, first volume. Yeah. Very well done. Um, Just really, But I like pretty much all the characters, even the super gross ones. Like It's Mm -hmm. a really, really well done book. And yeah. during the whole drug trip, the use of colors and the art is so good. And having having Marcus and having them of all places in Vegas to go on a very bad acid trip, they go to Circus Circus. Oh yeah, it's like <laughs> that's that was a good choice by by Rick Remender. Because like I've, I've never done bite. acid, but I I, I yeah. can only imagine like Vegas somewhere. It's like that's already so intense. Like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with the heightenedness of being like on for drugs just generally but like he took like copious amounts of acid yeah he did yeah to the point where the hippie who gave so it to him ran away like, like like he ran yeah like, you know, when the, the hippie ran away it's like that's a bad sign that uh, <laughs> you just took real drugs <laughs> he's like good uh-huh. luck guy and yeah that yeah i'm like i'm um you know i i'm not very sensitive to like violence in comics and so this uh, that that didn't bother me i really actually enjoyed that cheat the kinetic energy that Wes craig has in his art um it, you can you can Thanks. really yeah you can really sense like the action and and like what people are doing and you don't lose track of characters or anything like in action sometimes that it's, it's easy to do in 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 stories even in comics like sometimes everything kind of gets befuddled and uh when, when action happens and this is definitely well paced and well timed um but yeah it is gory mm-hmm. um the like it's funny that violence doesn't bother me in comics but like seeing people do like copious amount of drugs does so that kind of like bothered me a little bit i'm just joking (laughs) (laughs) and like because like even like when like maria and saya do 
coke in the in the in the bathroom at the gas station and they had these those giant smiles on their faces it's just like that little weird distortion like creeped me out but at the same time it's like part of the story and like you know obviously that's it, this is definitely not a pro drug story slash book you know like it, no no it no. makes it very scary i think then why did they why did they make it look so fun <laughs> <laughs> well they, yeah um at the same time they definitely did not make it look fun i think what's interesting and maybe that this is part of like the um the like like you said like the distortion of everything is i know it's supposed to be set in high school mm-hmm. they're obviously drawn older because i don't want to see children fuck yeah. i don't want to see real children do drugs so I understand like why you're drawing like why they're drawn older mm-hmm. but also too I think because I know like what the ages are supposed to be I think that's part of the thing that's icky. Yeah. It's like oh god they're like 14. Yeah. I mean Mar- Marcos or Marcus he looks like he's 21. He he's he drawn like a young adult like a young man. Mm-hmm. So when I was first reading it and he says, like, oh, I have pneumonia. He he does his internal mon- monologue where it's like, I have pneumonia. It's like my 14th birthday. And I was like, bitch, when did this happen? Like, seven years ago? Because you look fucking old. Yeah. But, like, it's obviously, be- like, we're not going to draw real children. But I just... Yeah. It's... I will say this, though, um, in defense of the book and its art style, is that uh, um, I do feel like the... In the 80s, people did the kids did dress and carry themselves a little bit older. They did. I mean, like, I do like basically now, if you're 16, 17, 18, you're wearing character shirts or something of your okay. favorite video game or you know, Marvel character. Whereas no, like if you were in high school then you were into high fashion, you try you you know, just like with their whole thing with the fake IDs, I feel like it was more of the culture. Like, I feel okay. like now the kids do want to just act their own age, whereas back then, and even, like, I feel like maybe, Carrie, back when we were in school, everyone wanted to be three years older than they were. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, that's still how kids are. A lot of kids want to be older. They, yeah. A lot of kids Right, want, right, but I feel like yeah. now it's just, it's cool to be into the things that you're into. That's true, Whereas before, yeah. it's like, we were all like, hey. We all wanted to be adults, no, like, yeah. Like we stopped one one day we stopped watching Nickelodeon and we watched MTV because that's what you did at a certain age. Yeah, exactly. no, you're absolutely right. And, pl- you're absolutely and plus, right. these these kids, I feel because of where they're where they're at, like they've already had to their grow circumstances. Up. Oh, can can you yeah. guys explain something to me? Mm-hmm. The shower scene mm-hmm. where Marcus is like standing up to that weird guy who's being like a like a fucking sexual the, predator to I, that I'm fat kid totally forgetting his name the russian guy yeah um, yeah yeah yes so um yeah, he's the russian dude he's so he's very important at the at, at the end of that little vignette they say like oh the fat kid just shit himself mm-hmm. why did he shit himself because mm-hmm. he was scared i guess he was just so afraid yeah um mm. oh that makes me hate. i want i want i want to like can, can, I give a, can I give a small, small? Yes, I I need a small spoiler. A small spoiler about stuff. Is that we... okay, Richard? And anyone who's listening, maybe skip ten seconds ahead. That kid, Sean Bon, don't feel any sympathy for that kid. Is that <laughs> Trust, kid? Yeah, do not feel any sympathy for that kid. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, I know, but I at know. This point, right now, right now, you think yes, but 
I, I mean, I, I'm also not going to continue the book. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, at this point, he's a, a poor soul in mm-hmm. my eyes. And that's what he's written right now, but yeah. It's, yeah. Okay. I mean, like, none of the he's... violence or the drug use bothered me. The only thing that ever bothered me is that since they're drawn as regular people, is like when uh, Chico's beating the shit out of Maria. Like, yes. that looks yeah. a little too real for me. Because yeah. they're no. just regular. They're Like, it, I never get bothered if, like, a, a male superhero supervillain yes. is fighting exactly. a, a woman yes. or whatever but like since these are just kind of drawn as characters at high school mm-hmm. the brutality like he yeah. punches her in the he face like in a way her. that like yeah. is yeah it's very yeah. disturbing exactly. it's like that's really... the only thing that like disturbed me like other than that i was just like oh neat violence but like that part i was just <laughs> like oh yeah. oh god yeah. that's a lot <laughs> yeah i totally know what you mean because like if maria was like in her like dia de los mortos um like makeup, it would have been totally different. Right, like, it probably would have hit the same way. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, having it just be like yeah, two but she's in a t-shirt yeah. and like leggings, and they're just ha- they're a couple fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you want a, a really easy way to make a character like expendable and like not likable by the audience, that's exactly how to do it. <laughs> right, right mm-hmm. there. Yeah, I will say okay. this too. Like, um, they do he, they do so much such great character work. Because, mm-hmm. like, in the two panels, in like, there's, like, a, or two splash pages in the alley with Maria's dialogue. And, like, you get the whole context of her relationship mm-hmm. and how she never was, like, she never loved him. She was there because that was her purpose. Her His family saved her. And mm-hmm. she did, you know, did what she needed to do to survive. Mm-hmm. And, like, they saved her and became, you know, turned her into a murderer and turned her into like basically a sex slave to her their their son, and like she's you can tell that she never loves them. And even after she kills him, like her only concern is Marcus. She has no interest in like him and like what she just did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yep. I think that I th- I think to your point, Richard, that speaks to the level of abuse that she endured. Yeah. And I don't know mm-hmm. if you learn more about her character. I hope that whatever compassion you feel is earned okay good i'm, I'm, I'm staring I'm, I'm nodding my head yeah i'm staring at Bracken. <laughs> yeah and i'm like yeah okay yeah she, yeah she's probably the most likable character in this story because i like yeah. the other girl yeah oh yeah mm, yeah <laughs> i won't get into yeah into yeah, yeah, yeah yeah no but but uh i'll tell you after yeah we, yeah but um Okay, so real quick with the with the style, the art style, and everything, um, this even though it doesn't feel it doesn't look like eighties artwork, but it feels eighties. I think they did a really good job portraying the time. I think because I think the way the color working, it really reminds me of like like the early Frank Miller stuff, like Dark Knight Returns and. Mm. And stuff like, like, especially in the in the color choices and everything. So I think that's why it, it totally gives me the vibe of the decade that it's in. Um, Not know. only that, but I feel like uh, the eighties is the last. Like I, I feel like in the early nineties is when we started cleaning everything else up. Yes. Like, like as municipalities, like it was just like, oh, like we're gonna make sure that this looks clean and pristine. Whereas the eighties, everything has like a layer of film on it. And yeah. uh, I feel like the art style lends itself to that. Everything looks a little bit dirty, a little bit grimy, and yeah. like that's what it was at the time. <laughs> exactly. And then if you're have... younger, if you're much younger than us and you didn't live through it, like yeah, like in the eighties, it's not like everything was ugly, but like 
the same way that like if you're in a city there's a street sweeper or there's like or if, like a business like pays someone to clean the outside of their business to make it look good i feel like until the early to mid 90s that wasn't common practice and everything had just kind of had a layer of grime of just existing for multiple years yeah. out in the world on top of it <laughs> absolutely and and having king's dominion school being like in a cave and like having yeah that yeah. Just adds to that kind of like dinky griminess you know so so yeah i i can t- totally see that um not a spoiler but um what what i really enjoy about the series is that um through like the 50 i think it's like 50 plus issues is the entire series um it's 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 not stuck at this time um you grow up with these characters or the characters grow up with you rather you know which is kind of interesting like you by the end of the story you're getting these some of these characters because not everybody makes it um you get some of these characters as adults like in like the 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 book ends in 2022 and so, okay. yeah, so so you get them as you get some of the the uh, the characters as adults and like see the repercussions of some of the decisions they make like, in these issues, as well as the further issues, hmm. too. So you see them grow up, which is kind of interesting. Did you read um, the uh, afterward for this collection at all? Um, I read like half the first half of it, but then I um I I got sleepy and I fell asleep. It wasn't because of the of okay, the no, no, but was, it's just it uh, just Rick Remender. Basically, I guess this is like uh semi autobiographical because yeah, he was saying yeah. like he was someone that moved around a lot, so he was constantly in situations where he was like the new guy and he was reintroducing himself and making new friends. And he you know was talking about when he was living in uh one town like like a, a suburb of phoenix and like the cliques were very well defined and he didn't really fit in any of them and just it was constant chaos because like there was always fights amongst cliques and like people getting jumped he was like he got jumped a couple times so <laughs> yeah you know yeah. it's not quite a murder school but like he's like between the teen angst and uh and just the, the the constant danger, he feels like he's writing from pretty much firsthand experience. So I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I can kind of see that. I can kind of see the autobiographical nature of the story. Um, but at the same time, I'm I'm hoping that some of the more violent things are definitely not the autobiographical parts. You know. So, but yeah, it's 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 a good it's definitely a good adaptation of like of like personal experiences, I would say. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, it's um, I I like it. Uh, did you guys by any chance? I know Carrie hasn't, but Richard, have did you ever watch the TV show when they had the show on briefly? Um, no. Yeah, yeah. I I never. It was did. what I, it was on Sci-Fi, right? Yes. It was on sci-fi. I never had a chance to watch it either, but um and it was and actually that's what kind of got me into reading, you know, binge reading the first like 30 issues, like I like I said before, was because I like the 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 commercials was really cool and compelling. And I like the character designs. Like basically, if you throw like a Dia de los Martos like feel to anything, I'm gonna read it or like watch it. <laughs> so so yeah, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like there's like someone like, like an assassin who like looks you know, like, you know, like she's in like Dia de los, de los Muertos like outfit and like with the fans and everything. And I'm like, that's like badass. And like, that's why I ended up 
reading the comic but then by the time i finished like uh, or like by the time i got to the point where i'm like oh yeah i want to watch the show too the show was done and i was like oh that sucks like it got canceled but mm. i i wonder I, I i'm very interested though in in how it translated on onto the screen i want to see kind of remember and i think west craig also were producers of the show so um I, i'm assuming it was pretty close to the source material at least or at least like mm-hmm. the changes they made were approved by the uh by, by the creators so you know just kind of like kind of like the way umbrella academy you know there was there was big differences between the book and the uh and the show but those changes are are positive changes because you know the creators were the ones who made them so yeah yeah, yeah. so I, i'm very interested yeah one day i'll i'll come back and read the yeah, no, I'll definitely probably <laughs> give that a look i remember when it got announced in the rollout but you know it wasn't a book that i was really following so i never stuck it sought it out but now yeah. yeah now that i know it's out there i definitely probably would give you know at least give a episode or two a look mm-hmm Yep, and I and I, I wholeheartedly uh, recommend continuing forward with uh, if you liked it, and I know you did, Richard. Um, and it's uh, it's definitely a good journey. Um, there's some some major spoil, not spoiler, but there's some major cliffhangers that come up that like that are crazy and like things out of left field that you would just never think that would happen in a comic or in a, in the story specifically. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like there's some crazy stuff that happens coming up. So, big recommend. Very cool. Awesome. Yep. All right. Well, any final thoughts or are we? No. Um. I, the class, it's uh, brutal but good. Is yeah, it, it's, it's um it's not not for me, but I still recommend it for those that like um just these types of compelling stories, and it's obviously going to go somewhere good. Um, you know, I just. Yeah. can't do it right now but yeah totally got it definitely all right well if we're ready for the end of the show we're ready for the end of the show yeah. we've reached the end thank you to everyone who listens to our show you guys are the best uh follow us <laughs> instagram twitter good pod cdb pod yes and for our book clubbers, on Friday, we will announce the next episode's main subject uh, on Instagram, so follow along. If you want to join in on the conversation, email us at comicsdeservebetter at gmail.com. Uh, Richard, where can we find you on the social medias? I'm at TopCat360 at uh, on pretty much everything. Uh, the NBA uh, playoffs are about to start. Also, they indicted that motherfucker, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's been fun. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Like it, it's just like one of those things I'm just kind of like, yeah, because because all the stuff you did. Mm-hmm. Like, like when you when you see the other side and people are like, oh, this but but like you were there. We all saw do all, all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there should be some sort of consequence, right? It's that's just al- how that works. So like even if it doesn't come up anything, like I'm like, look, man. Sometimes it's just worth it to go through the fucking motions. Like this motherfucker keeps doing crime. Some someone indicted his ass. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Agreed. It, it, if if it does go forward um, with the conviction, it's kind of like an Al Capone situation where you know maybe he's not getting, um, com- you know, arrested for the uh, the things that he actually really did that really fucked things up. But at least he's getting convicted for something. You know. So. 
That's good stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not pro like carceral system, but like I understand it has a purpose, mm-hmm. and it's for people like this that continually do crime. Yep. So. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all righty thank you for sharing brian where can we find you <laughs> i'm at brian underscore cb um on instagram mainly um yeah i kind of don't post a lot i send a lot of uh reels to richard and to carrie um that's my love language <laughs> and so that's basically what i do on the social yeah. medias <laughs> so but yeah but definitely follow the uh CDB pod on Instagram. That's basically where I do most of my, my stuff. My yes. posting, so. Alrighty. For Richard and for Brian. Uh, what? Oh, oh do you, do you, you, no, go ahead. You just fucked up my flow. I did. I totally I fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> That's my job. No. For Richard and for Brian, I'm Carrie, and this has been the Comics Deserve Better podcast. Remember, everyone, comics deserve better, and everyone deserves comics. Bye, bitch. (laughs) Bye. Bye, everyone. (laughs) All right.